This week on the podcast, we're going to start a brand new series on cults. We're going to pop the hood, take apart the common traits that define a cult, and lay the groundwork for the rest of the series. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. Well, welcome to another edition of All Out War. I am Turner, and you are at the intersection of politics, theology, and culture, and I'm joined in the studio with my brother, Rosie. Rosie, what is up, man? Hey, what's up, dude? How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Awesome, man. It is a new year. It is a new year. This is our first podcast of 2019, episode number 23, man. We're chipping these things away. <laughs> we're, we're, we're still here. Week after <laughs> week, yeah. And even if no one listens, we'll probably still yeah. come together and do this. <laughs> do you make New Year's resolutions? No. Yeah, me either. I read somewhere that uh, New Year's resolutions are broken uh, within three weeks. That makes sense. I was going to say, I heard someone saying, and it was like, he said it as a thought thing about why you should <laughs> not do make New Year's resolutions. Yeah. And he's like, you shouldn't make resolutions in period, like just straight up. Yeah. Because anything that you say you're going to do at a specific time, like you're not serious about it or else you would just do it now. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're like, I'm going to lose weight in three weeks when that happens. I'm going to start that. <laughs> and it gives yourself permission to – so when you're eating cheeseburgers and if you're – okay. So if you're not doing keto and you're eating cheeseburgers <laughs> – um, but no, you're just eating fried chicken all the time and stuff like that. And, you know, up till that, you're like, oh, no, but on the on the first, I'm going to change it. I'm going to change on the first. That just gives yourself permission to continue yeah. the bad thing. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I'm patting myself on the back because it's going to be okay. I'm going to change. Or then I'm not going to change. If you're like me, I'm getting ready to enter into a 21-day fast. And uh, my goal is to fast everything except for water and coffee. And so for the past couple of days, like last night, I was at a friend's birthday party and his wife made this most amazing plate of homemade brownies. Mm. But I've been trying to wean off of sugar over the past week or so, because if you get off of the sugar, the sugar is what kills you. Right. Because you start detoxing. <laughs> you and, do. And, and I was like, well, it's a birthday. Well, it's, it's, it's just brownies. Oh, and I, I had the biggest plate of brownies. <laughs> like I worked against myself. Yeah. But yeah, and that's not even a New Year's resolution. But check this out. I did discover that if you if you want to develop a new habit, it takes 21 days of reputi- repu- repetition in that habit to form a habit, a new habit, and, yeah, to, and or to break it. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. So you're you're stopping old stuff and starting new stuff. And uh, so I'm actually kind of glad that I'm starting this 21 day fast <laughs> at the beginning just of the so year. Ridiculous. It is ridiculous, and I hope I make it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'll keep us posted on the podcast how I'm doing with it, you know. Um, if you have enough strength next week to record. Dude, it might get like, <laughs> I might get like super wisdom, man. Yeah. You know, I might end up with like, uh, like it might be like one of the most amazing podcasts in, in three just weeks. start like channeling Solomon or something. <laughs> <laughs> My flesh is so destroyed that the spirit just oozes out of me yeah. in the podcast. That would be awesome. That'd be creepy. Uh, it would be creepy, but it wouldn't be bad. It's God, right? So. Yeah. It'd have to be good. I don't know, man. I've fasted. The lo- most I've ever fasted is 14 days uh, before with just water. I didn't even have coffee on that fast. And that was the first couple of days were, were absolute pure hell. 
And uh, then you get into this weird zone where you're just not even hungry ever. You don't even think about food. Hmm. And and then you realize, man, I haven't had food in a while. Yeah. And and like the first couple of days, you smell food from like across the street. <laughs> like people, like someone's got a bagged lunch. And you're like, that's definitely a turkey sandwich. Yeah. You know, and uh, and then after that gets through you and you're, you're like, your body's like, oh, I guess we're not eating. Uh, then you don't even think about food. And people can eat around you and it doesn't even bother you. Yeah. I think the... The longest I lasted was four days. That's a pretty good time, dude. Yeah. And uh, that was that was during it, like halfway through it. That's when I was like, I need to buy a really expensive Bible. <laughs> I've never <laughs> been like a Bible nerd. And I dropped a lot of money on a Bible. <laughs> I love it, dude. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. And fast do work, though, man. They, they, yeah. they do something. But anyways. Anyways. So uh, do you have a did you know? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh <laughs> Did you know that Michael Jackson had plans to build an amusement park in both Poland and Brazil? No way. In the, yeah. I'm reading this news article from 1998, and it says that he extended for, uh, extended a, for a year. That, okay, I think it's a European thing, so that doesn't translate well, the grammar. Uh, <laughs> but he, he extended his letter of intent to build a $500 million amusement park in Warsaw. Wow. Yeah. And then officials in Rio de Janeiro announced last week, so June 1998, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, that Jackson wants to build an $800 million theme park in Brazil. Well, I guess if you're a pedophile, a theme park is the way to do it. Yeah. And Brazil is uh, <laughs> Brazil's weird. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's why they didn't let him in Poland. Yeah. Poland's strong about that, aren't strong, they? Strong. My... my my Polacks. Your Polak buddies. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great place to retreat to if, if once it That's my plan. Once it breaks down. <laughs> They're the last bastion of like pure Western civilization right now. They seem like they're the only ones that aren't giving into the craziness. I know, dude. There's they're I, getting I, more and more right wing and they're like they print which is crazy a couple fascist. a couple of years ago, or like a year or two ago, when they like joined hands yes. around the entire country yeah. and prayed the rosary yeah. specifically to <laughs> protect them from Islam. Islam. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, that's Look, man. Hey, that's a perfect. I'm so glad you mentioned that. That is the perfect segue into our topic tonight because <laughs> they're, well, they're joining hands to pray against Islam and Islam is probably without question the largest cult in the history of the world. Um, yeah. and I, and people like freak out when I say that a lot of times, but it is, it is. And we'll explain that in a minute, but our whole, our whole podcast today is about cults and actually we're going to start a series. And so we're going to talk tonight about cults and we'll, we'll lay uh, the groundwork. We'll, yeah. We're going to lay the groundwork. And, and then next week we'll talk about some specific bizarre cult. We want to talk about some bizarre cults that we, are out there. We like to find weird stuff. Just weird stuff. Yeah. We they, love one, Hopefully... You've never heard of these before. Yeah. That's the goal, is to find super obscure ones that are weird. Dude, I'm going to tell you right now, to to do the search on the internet for these cults and some of the rabbit holes you have to go into. Um, I live in those rabbit holes. <laughs> you love those rabbit holes. You have a mobile home down in that hole and oh, you yeah. just hang out down there. Compound. You just go down there, vape, and uh, drink your Coke Zero and then come back up for air every once in a while. That's all I need. That's all you need. And uh, I, but it is weird, man. Like, like you, you're, you uh, check these cults out, and like, um, and w- you know, obviously we'll get into these, but, but like some of them are so 
like freaky. You're like, why would anyone follow that? You know, why would they yeah. follow you into that? Like, and they have pictures and they're just weird. And it's like, there is some strange people out there. Yeah. And there's, they're mean, they're evil. And there's go- people, I don't want to say gullible, but um, people that, you know, it, it kind of ties back to, maybe this will get the ball rolling, that innate um, desire within every person that's put there by God, the actual God, the only God, um, <laughs> right. the, the Yahweh, you know, the God of the Bible, um, that God, um, <laughs> you know, is placed in the hearts and minds, you know, the I- idea of something more. Yeah. And so you have people that are lost and, I don't know, maybe a little weird or, you know, we should maybe talk about why. That'll be interesting all on its own, why people join cults. But, yeah. you know, you have people that are gullible or they're looking for more and then they come across some evil guy that um, gives them answers to questions that they have and they get sucked up in it. Yeah. And not only that, um, but, you know, you're talking about, like, you're talking about how like within a person is this like search like this beacon for god yeah and that's that ecclesiastes says that god has placed eternity in the hearts of men there you go yeah, yeah. that's and, why you're a pastor well that's one of my favorite verses <laughs> i quote it all the time but, yeah. um but uh yeah he has placed eternity in the hearts of men and so what that is is that there is this spiritual um void that right. that you're living in and you know uh, until until it's filled perfectly with the truth with what we believe and what we've come to know, and it's been confirmed in us through the Holy Spirit, but as the truth, as in Jesus Christ, until it's filled with Christ, there's a, a big search. And there's a lot of people that even when they have Christ, they they don't fully understand him the way in Revelation in the form that he desires to be known to them, and so they still try and fill it with other things. Yeah, like for I think a lot of um – Specifically, what are they called? Christian cults, quote unquote, which are uh, ones that take the Bible and they're—I don't know—just for the—they uh, give a new revelation from Jesus Christ, you know, without <laughs> right, saying yeah. anything specifically. Um, but you know, so there's there's constantly more that uh, I think, which is interesting. So I guess if people instead of you know reading the Bible and they're like, oh, this is the only story, like. You know, Jesus died and he rose again and now he's in heaven and, like, there's nothing more that came out of this and this is the only book. And, like, you know, even though, you, <laughs> right. you know, the, the Bible is the only book, they read it like that. Um, and then when you have other people that come in, you know, instead of just digging in deeper into what's there, which is, I think, I've been going through and, like, trying to, like, through listening to other people and reading a lot getting more into what's actually there, the words on, you know, the deeper meaning of the stuff that's there. In the actual Bible. The in the actual Bible. Yeah, yeah. Rather than trying to find, um, well, for me, because I'm conspiracy-minded and, like, I, I just go that way and, like, try to find, oh, there's always something deeper or this actually means something and you'll hear about some old uh, esoteric, you know, <laughs> cult or something like that they're like oh that's not actually what jesus meant or you know some stuff like that it's easy to get sidetracked so i guess my, my whole thing is instead of people uh, aren't satisfied with the bible and what's there even though i would say that most people myself included don't even scratch the surface of what's there there's yeah. so much there yeah or yeah you don't have to keep you don't have to go looking outside there's lifetimes of 
knowledge and wisdom that you can just continually so, get out. So hold that thought because what you, you keyed on two different things that I want to point on. Okay. And one of them is heresies, how they can lead to a cult. And uh, the other is misinterpretations. Okay. So, but but let's define cult for our audience because okay. we're coming at this from a specific p- viewpoint as Christianity is the truth and we're Christians. And so from this vantage point, what is a cult in relation to the truth of Christianity? Right. So you found a, a great quote from, I think, Dr. Charles Braden. Okay, yeah. So we have a bunch of different cults in there, uh, <laughs> different cults, uh, different definitions, but this one's really good. Uh, so... Dr. Charles Braden defines a cult to be any religious group which differs significantly in some one or more respects as to the belief or practice from those religious groups which are regarded as the normative expressions of religion in our total culture. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, he was he died in 1970 and he was uh, Dr. Charles Braden was the professor of and the chair of the Department of History and Literature and of Religious Studies at Northwestern University, which is a Christian university. Dr. Walter Martin, who has a, an, an amazing resource, and if you're listening to this, go get Kingdom of the Cults if you're interested in this topic, and it's a great resource. He breaks down many, many cults and uh, their, their, their belief systems, their worldviews, and all those things. Dr. Walter Martin, who was an apologist, he died in 1980, he, he, what he wrote about uh, a, his definition of a cult, he says, a cult might also be defined as a group of people gathered about a specific person or person's misinterpretations of the Bible. And then I have a quote myself. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm Dr. Martin or Dr. Braden, I'm just Turner. And, uh, but my quote is, is that I would say that I define a cult largely based around what a what they believe about who Jesus is and why Jesus came. So for me, a cult will be defined largely around their beliefs on Christ, you mm-hmm. know, and this is really important because Christ defines so much of what the church is and and why he came and, uh, you know, who he was. That When you get that understanding, you get what what we traditionally would call orthodoxy, which orthodoxy is the those fundamental essentials to be what we would consider a quote unquote Christian, right? You know, so these are the these are the across the board. Doesn't matter what denomination you are. Doesn't matter Protestant, even Catholic, at some level. Um, you know, they there are beliefs that cross all of those those lines. You know, for instance, about Christ, the virgin birth. Right. So, if you don't believe that Christ had a virgin birth came as a virgin birth and you don't think that has implications then you you've moved away from orthodoxy and into what we call heresy and this is why i'm bringing this up because heresy doesn't necessarily mean you're in a cult okay but heresies will move into once once they're adopted and believed and held on to they're going to depart from orthodoxy and they're going to be challenged by orthodox christian churches and and Bible-believing scholars and those type of people, apologists, they're going to be challenged. And if they refuse to repent of those beliefs and fall back into orthodoxy, they're in danger of becoming a cult. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So heresies are one way they can lead to, you know, they can lead to becoming a cult. And we should probably... I was going to say most cults also spread heresy. 
they do. Yeah. So they're yeah. the yeah. That's so true. They're just the yeah. They just, yeah. If, I was gonna say just because I had this pulled up. Yeah. Because it's interesting that you brought it up. Um, so I you can add or disagree with this, but I found a list of what is the core of the faith. Like, what are these central doctrines that are that we're talking about? Yeah. So the Trinity, the Triune God. Where'd you? Can you cite your source? No. <laughs> I'm not sure. uh, okay. Where the uh, apologetics index? Okay, cool. So it's. I just wanted to make sure it's not a. No, it's like the, the Church, Trinity. Of Latter- Church of Latter Day Saints. No, no, or no, 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 I wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, it's a good source. Yeah. Uh, so it's the Trinity, the Triune God, the Deity of Christ, the bodily resurrection, the atoning work of Christ on the cross, and salvation by grace through faith. Yeah. Those, so those that's, are fantastic. That's that's. Orthodoxy. Did, did they have sinless life of Christ in there? Uh, it doesn't have it in here. Did they have the crucifixion and resurrection in there? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So there you go. So sinless life has to be something that I would add in there. Okay. Because uh, if he didn't have a sinless life... Uh, it wouldn't matter what he did on the cross. Right, yeah. that's right. That's right. He had, to be a, he had to be a sufficient sacrifice for us. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's true. And so misinterpretation too. So here's the other thing is like, so someone can pull a text out of the word wrong and then build an entire philosophy of ministry of an entire doctrine on that and move into that into a heresy and that's why dr martin says that it's uh he says that it's a gathering around a specific person or person's misinterpretation of the bible i have a i have a list here 20 ways i think it would be good yeah 20 ways that cults twist the bible dude that's awesome all right so bear with me but i'll go read through these since you brought it up. So number one, inaccurate, it, wow, <laughs> inaccurate. Are you a Daffy uh, Duck now? A Daffy Duck. Inaccurate quotation. A biblical text is referred to but is either not quoted in the way the text appears in any standard translation or is wrongly attributed. So, you know, yeah. it, it gave an example that some uh, yogi said, Christ said, be still and know that I am God. Except that that's from Psalms. So, you know, so that they do ways like that. But yeah, I'll just go through these real quickly. Dude, they mis- misappropriate it. That's so common. Right. I had a woman tell me that God helps those who help themselves. Right. Yes, that's so common. Right. And it's nowhere in there. <laughs> and I, and I, in my uh, beautifully tactful way, I was like, "Where? what verse is that? <laughs> right. She felt stupid. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's new age dogma that's coming in. It's my, my ex-girlfriend's mom <laughs> well it's probably I, what led to her being my ex-girlfriend yeah exactly <laughs> um but uh so i'll continue on twisted yeah. translation the biblical text is retranslated not in accordance with sound greek scholarship to fit a preconceived teaching of a cult mm. uh, D- dude that's good greek you said greek scholarship yep. so this is important you mentioned this earlier you're like i'm starting to dig deeper into the actual text with the original language yeah and th- I think this is something that not, not everybody can do this. Wait, let me just preface it. Yes, sir. I'm not doing this by myself. So <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not reading the right. Greek and like, oh, that's what it means. This is how I'm going to interpret it. Yeah. It's I mean, with solid. Sure. Someone else who's yeah, yeah. proven and yeah, I get it. I mean, so, look, I don't, I've been, I use the original languages when I, when I do sermon preparation. Right, right. And because I want to make sure I understand the words that are being used there because when the translation comes through it doesn't always come through 100 percent accurate or 
there's room for some wiggle room on what it could actually mean. Right. Original language sometimes will help clear that up. Not always. Not always. In the Hebrew, definitely not always. Right. Because the Hebrew, they can have one word that can mean four different things. Right. You know, versus the Greek. Like Genesis 1. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> right, ex- no, exactly. No, it it yeah. starts off that way, right? Um, but but in the Greek, which is much more defined, like it, it, the Greek will use a certain word and it means that word. It mean the, the the definition of that particular word. For example, for example, how many Greek words are there for love? Yeah, I think there's three or four. Yeah, and they all mean different specific kinds of love. Correct. Yeah, so they all have a specific definition. I mean, and to, and and so they. But they also have different word for it, right? Exactly. But we have one umbrella over it all: love, right? Right. So yeah, you're, that's that's a great point. All right. So the next one is biblical hook. So a text of scripture is quoted primarily as a device to grab the grasp the attention of readers or listeners, and then is followed by a teaching which is so non-biblical <laughs> that would it appear far more dubious to most people had it not been preceded by a reference to scripture. <laughs> I've heard. Pastors do that by accident. Right, yeah. <laughs> and they're not even cults. Yeah. Uh, so um, uh, here's another one. Ignoring the immediate context, the text of Scripture is quoted but removed from the surrounding verses which form the immediate framework for his meaning. So again, um, like what you were talking about before. Yeah. Collapsing contexts. Two or more verses which have little or nothing to do with each other are put together so as they were commentaries of the other. Mm, yeah. Uh, oversimplification, a more detailed or specific conclusion that is legitimate, that is drawn from biblical text. Yeah. Um, wordplay, a word or phrase from a biblical translation is examined and interpreted as if the revelation had been given in that language. <laughs> um, that's an interesting one. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, there's an example, uh, Mary Baker Eddy, which is from Christian Science. Yeah. Says, no, I thought she was Scientology. No, uh, Christian Science. Okay, okay. That's different. Cult. Got, got, my, got my cult <laughs> yeah. wrong. Uh, says the name Adam consists of two syllables, Adam, <laughs> which means an obstruction, in which, in which case Adam signifies the obstacle which the serpent sin would impose between the man and his creator. What? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so you're seeing, so we're seeing all these. But it know, sounds so... It like, sounds oh, so, I've never seen. I've yeah, never it sounds heard so. It that it's way. like deep, and it's a new revelation. Right. And if you're ignorant and unlearned, and you haven't spent time, or you're undiscerning, yeah, like, yeah, man, you could fall for that. Right. And so I think, like, you know, as I keep going with these, they're not, they're 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 not, they're very calculated, and they're very precise. But again, you, someone who doesn't know anything could hear that and not have any idea. Yeah. Um, the figurative fallacy, um, either mistaking literal language for figurative language or mistaking figurative language for literal language. Uh, that's probably one that will cause a lot of debate um, aside from colds. But. Yeah. I mean, I think about that and it's like, um, so it, it, you have to, this is where context is really important when you're reading in scripture. So what's the context of why it was said, when it was said? And a lot of people will confuse even the the poetic, like, because there's poetry in the Bible, there's prophecy in the Bible, and sometimes prophecy has got language that is, like, allegorical or symbolic. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be able to read it and know what the literary style is there 
and why. Right. So that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speculative reading of predictive prophecy. A predictive prophecy is too readily explained by the occurrence of specific events, <laughs> despite the fact that equally committed biblical scholars consider the interpretation highly du- dubious. AKA blood moons. Right. <laughs> that's, um, that's the most recent thing. Yeah. Uh, saying but not citing. A writer says that the Bible says such and such, but does not cite the specific text, which often indicates that there may be no such text at all. And the example it says right here is God helps those who help themselves. <laughs> not yeah. found in the Bible. Yeah. Um, that's or, a, as a baby Christian, I actually was told that many times and I thought it was in the Bible and I just thought I hadn't read it yet. Right. <laughs> and then this really wonderful older saint, she said to me, that's that's not scripture you know that right and i was like no i didn't know that <laughs> i was so innocent and ignorant you know right. and she's like it's not in the bible i was like oh cool yeah maybe you should set the record straight yeah how is that unbiblical help those who help themselves yeah it's so it's not scripture number one right so it's not biblical in the sense that it's not found in the bible so right. that's the most logical way but and it's and, and i and i would put the other phrase God never never gives you more than you can handle right. in that in the uh, same bucket yeah. right as that and and because biblically you don't see that but I mean God does help those who help themselves in the sense that there's if it's in accordance with his will right right so God he's his will is what trumps everything right right like it was his will to have Trump be president right so nothing could stop that right mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I I use Will and Trump, and I had to figure yeah, out a yeah. way. I just triggered a half of our audience, but that's all right. <laughs> well, hopefully, no. <laughs> Anyways, so helps those who help themselves. Yeah, I mean, you reap what you sow. Yeah. Right. So he, you sow good things. Good things come back. Yeah. You know. I was gonna say I always hear this about the the second one that you brought up that uh, God never gives us more than we can handle. Yeah. I always roll my eyes at it because I'm like, He gives all the time more than we can handle. Yes. Because that points that. I can't do this on my own. I need right, him. Right. Like it happens all the time. Yeah. Paul Paul literally says that. He he literally talks about how that in my weakness he is strong. Right. Right. <laughs> and so God gives you more than you can handle on purpose right. so that he can be shown strong. Yeah. And you can trust him. Like it builds your faith, it strengthens you, it refines you. It it, it gets your perspective correct right. and all these other things. Yeah, like yeah, God literally does give you more than you can handle. All the time. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, that's what causes a lot of Christians to be troubled because it's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, you're going to trust God. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and by the way, I've been there. 2018 was that 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 phrase, God does give you more than you can handle, was <laughs> a description of 2018 for me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so moving on, selective citing, a substantive given argument. Oh, so to substantiate a given argument, sorry. Yeah. Only a limited number of texts is quoted. The total <laughs> teaching of scripture on that subject would lead to a conclusion different from that of the writer. Yeah. It's um, called pick and choose. Yep. Or eisegesis. <laughs> eisegesis. Yeah, I haven't heard that. Eisegesis and exegesis. There's two Perfect. different things. Yeah. Uh, inadequate evidence. A hastily generalization is drawn from too little evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Confused definition of biblical term is misunderstood in such a way that an essential biblical doctrine is distorted or rejected. We are kings. Yeah, so one of these We're is, priests and kings. So it says the Eastern doctrine of reincarnation with the biblical doctrine of being born again. So mm. 
Oh soon. my goodness. So that's where, yeah. They're robbing our word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, ignoring alternative explanations, a specific interpretation given to a biblical text or set of text, which could well be, and often could have been, interpreted in quite a different fashion, but these alternatives are not considered. Hmm. Um, uh, five more. Five more. Yeah. <laughs> the obvious fallacy. Words like obviously, undoubtedly, certainly, all reasonable people hold that and so forth or substitute it for logical reasons. Mm. Yeah, so that's starting to get so into... let me ask a question. So, like, like, as an example of that, like, somebody would make a really ridiculous claim. Yeah. And then they would be like, obviously, this is what God wants. Exactly. Like, like something like that? Yeah. Okay. So, the, the one that they pulled from this uh, guy that wrote... A whole bunch of crazy books. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say the names of them. They're super popular. Okay. Um, but it says, <laughs> undoubtedly, the Ark of the Covenant was electrically charged. Like, duh, of course it was. Oh, wait, electrically charged? <laughs> yeah. Because when the guy reached back and touched it, he died? Yeah. But they had to put wooden poles in to carry it, and wood doesn't conduct electricity. He's onto something there. <laughs> okay. uh, but here, I, I, maybe seen... the Shekinah glory is what did that, which is the presence of God, which will melt you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but see, like when I start reading that, that's where it starts getting into more than just techniques of twisting scripture. But it starts to get into the the cult of personality or like what you had said earlier about a specific teacher mm-hmm. or something like that. And if you're in a group already, so you go to some, I don't want to say a church, but you go to a meeting place where the cult is at. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah obviously that's what it means. And everyone else is like, yeah, obviously that's what it means. Because they've, so, all, they've all drank the Kool-Aid already. Right, yeah. yeah. And so you feel awkward as a human. Like that's just human nature to want to jump in. Fit in, yeah. Yeah, so pressure here's another one virtue by association either a cult writer associates his or her teaching with those figures accepted by as authoritative by traditional christians (laughs) or cult writings are likened to the bible or cult literature imitates the form of the bible writing such that it sounds like the bible yeah so here's i want to it has to be in king james version only (laughs) right but i was going to say this is a really interesting thing that i heard about cults and specifically Christian cults. So one way that you can tell that you're in a cult, (laughs) if you're hearing something from a cult or whatever is like Orthodox Christians, not, uh, uh, the church or the, you know, Eastern Orthodox, Orthodox believing Christians, Orthodox believing Christians say we have everything that is, all we need is in the Bible. Everything else, is underneath it. Yeah. Right? So if you hold up a Bible and then you hold up uh, a theology textbook or something like that. Right. right. Yeah. The Bible is above that. Right. Always. Yeah, of course. It trumps all that stuff. Right. You don't need a secondary source to interpret the first one. But cults, so <laughs> this is where you start getting into it. They add on. Yeah. They add on and it's on top of the Bible. Right. So if you think of that... Like, you can't understand this unless you get this. And right. this has been simplified for you. This is filtered, or you have to view everything through the lens of that specific thing. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, I don't want to pick on Mormons, but yeah, so you have, like, the Book of Mormon. It's an additional that's, revelation. But that's of, more important than the Bible itself. Yeah. Because everything is filtered through that lens. Right. 
So that's very cultish. And and when that lens, when you look at what that lens is giving, it's always attacking biblical truth, doctrine, orthodoxy. And and then also it's also attacking Jesus. Who is Jesus? Right. Yeah. Keeps going back. Because the two biggest cults attack Jesus personally. Right. Exactly. The yeah, yeah. Jehovah Witness and the and the Mormons. You know, I, we weren't going to go unpack them or anything, but <laughs> yeah. there's so much res- there's so many there's so many resources <laughs> yeah, yeah, out yeah. there about those. You could just research them yourself. There's out. whole. I would say my favorite though, and I'll just give them a prop is Apologia. Um, Jeff Durbin. Yeah. He's a guy. He's a, a strong Reformed Calvinist guy, uh, which neither you and I are, but we really love our brothers that are in that in that camp. Yeah. He does, but this guy like literally puts his feet where his mouth is. He goes out and talks to these people and questions them and brings and like there's been people converted and rescued out of the cult by his ministry. Yeah, absolutely. So I appreciate that about him. Yeah. I, I will always respect somebody that's doing the work. And he does a lot know? of anti uh, anti abortion stuff. Which yeah. Is well, that's his. That's been his heart lately. Yeah. I discovered him a couple of years, probably three or four years ago, when he was really hot on like he was being known on Facebook and stuff for Mormon. Like yeah, yeah. reaching out to Mormons and stuff, and yeah, his yeah, and James I, White started with yeah. I mean, it goes back. Yeah. They they have a history of it. And it's and it's a really it's something that needs to be praised. And and, and they've been doing it for like twenty thirty years. Yeah. yeah, and thank God because people have been have come into the truth and been rescued out of deception. Yeah, you know. So, anyways, we're not those guys. So we're not going to break <laughs> all that down. Yeah. Um. So I got. But go check them out if yeah, you want. Go check them. Yeah. Uh. So esoteric interpretation under the assumption that the bible contains hidden esoteric meaning which is open only to those who are initiated into the secrets Mm. the interpreter declares the significance of biblical passage passages without giving much if any explanation for his interpretation (laughs) so i'll get back to that but i want to keep that in mind is that the last one no there's uh that was 17 okay almost done okay but these are these are important, I think. Yeah, because I'm going to add to it unless you don't say it. Okay. If you don't say it. Supplementing biblical authority. That's what I already talked about. New Revelation is post-biblical prophets either replaces or is added to the Bible's authority. Rejecting biblical authority. Either the Bible as a whole or text from the Bible are examined and rejected because they do not square with other authorities, such as reason or revelation. Yeah. I do would, not to, and I would include in that. I'm oh, sorry. I didn't mean no, to catch up. I would include in that like some of what we're seeing now, these liberal uh, ch- real liberal churches, yeah, you know, where they're they're saying, "Oh, well, God's God's understanding of sexuality is not uh, accurate because he's it was written thousands of years ago, <laughs> and our culture has changed so much, and people we've we've discovered things now, right? No, we haven't. The heart's utterly wicked and deceitful above all things. That let's just start there, and yeah. that's a product of that. And it's also funny that they say we can't trust God. Because a man wrote <laughs> yeah. it, right? Like, yeah, or the Bible like, written by right, a man. Right. Yeah. So those guys, two thousand years ago, didn't know what they were talking about, and so that's why we have to just say that God doesn't know what He talk, is yeah, talking. Yeah, right. About. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the but we do. We know. We though. know. We yeah. we know. Yeah. Last one: worldview confusion. Scriptural statements, stories, commands, or symbols which have a particular meaning or set of meaning when taken within the intellectual and broadly cultural framework of the Bible itself, are lifted out of that context, placed within a frame of reference from another system, and thus given a meaning that markedly differ- differs from the intended meaning. So there you go again, taking Christian 
orthodoxy, orthodoxy twisting uh, it, resetting it, and putting it in yeah. into a different context. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, how cults twist scripture, the methods. Yeah, yeah. And so there's some other things too that we've that we've discovered. We're just laying all this out there because I think it's important for us to explain why we're doing. Yeah. we're kind of laying this out there so that when we begin to talk about in the next couple podcasts, we're gonna break down you know some some of these cults and talk about them a little bit how they got to where they were mm-hmm. and where where the subtleties happen because in a lot of these cults it's very subtle yeah. like you come in and they're they're welcoming they're warm they they want to know all about your life and actually i'll go ahead and give an anecdote of my thing with a cult i yeah, ran yeah. into a cult so this is probably a good example and a good segue so i was living in orlando and i had just moved there, was looking for a new church. And there's a lot of really good churches that are super good churches. I just didn't happen to go to that one at this point in time. <laughs> you somehow put was, the rotten I, apple out of the yeah, whole yeah. So I googled, um, I googled non-denominational churches because I wanted to go to a non-denominational church. And uh, so I went there, and it was so funny how this worked. So my GPS and my phone kept shutting off it just wouldn't work as i'm driving to this to the church and i was like this is so frustrating like it happened three or four times in a 20 minute span of driving like my my maps just closed yeah i didn't know where i was and all this crazy stuff and uh so i went there i pull up and it looked mega church (laughs) you know like modern (laughs) non-denominational church and i was like okay it looks cool so I took a picture just like to joke with my, my family. And I was like, hey, if I disappear, this is the church I'm oh my at. Goodness. And I took a picture of the thing. <laughs> yeah. And just I, I've n- I never do stuff like that. Right. So it's r- weird looking back now. And uh, God was protecting you. He was. So I go in there and I look around. And the first thing I – and it's just like this big open um, building. Yeah. And it looked pretty normal. But as I'm walking in there, there's all these people and they're super happy. I've grown up in non-denominational churches, so, you know, everyone's dressed casual, and everyone's, oh, hey, you know, blah, 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 nice to see you, nice to meet you. And I just immediately re- realized, I was like, everybody here is super attractive. <laughs> that was the first thing I realized. I was like, there's not an ugly person. I am, I mean, not that I'm anything to scoff at, but I was like, I am d- by far the ugliest person <laughs> in this entire building. And there's like 200 people here. That's awesome. And, uh, not you know, not that it's a hard feat, but it was it was <laughs> so overwhelming. And so I sit down in this uh, in a chair, and like five people immediately come up to me. And I I, I noticed this guy came up to talk to me again. He was like six four, looked like he was just a chiseled like Greek right. god. Yeah, right. And he had like a a Breitling watch on, you know, like a six thousand dollar watch, and he was dressed in like all these really nice clothes and everything. And he just seemed super you know, into it and whatever. And uh, he's like, oh, I'll sit next to you, blah, blah, blah. And so the service started. It was weird. It was really weird. And the first thing that I got, like the songs, they, they sang all these songs and people. What were the song Like, were they like? I'd any- never heard them before. Okay. So they were brand new songs to me. And again, growing up in the church, like I, I, I knew popular ones. Yeah. I was just like, okay. And I started getting this discernment. Started, my discernment started ticking mm-hmm. because I realized all these songs. And again, this is stuff that 
I, I don't think it was from me. I, it just came into my head. I was like, all these songs have a really central theme. And it's not Jesus. They're talking about Jesus, but there's something else here. Yeah. And then they did a baptism, which was really weird, like the way they did it. And they baptized this guy. And they're talking about, oh, he has a new family. And they kept saying all this other stuff, like he's given up his old family, he's joining our family, all this crazy stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, I, I, I was like, that's what the song was. The songs that they were singing, it was all about, like, belonging. Oh, wow. It was like this really weird, subtle thing. And uh, so then they had a woman preach, <laughs> obviously, um, which, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and she told the story of, uh, or the, she was preaching on the story of Samson. And basically the takeaway was because Samson betrayed his own people. That's why God struck him down. Okay. Right. That was the whole thing. Maybe I'm getting the story wrong. No, no. That I mean, Samson and Delilah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm trying to connect. <laughs> so, uh, what I'm so here's what I'm connecting. Yeah, yeah. That she's trying to like that's a manipulation. Don't betray this, or God will strike you down. Right. Exactly. God's so, people. We are God's people. Don't right. don't betray God's people. So that it was had nothing her, to do with any any of the other facets of the story. I mean, yeah, the dude was had some issues. Right. But it was that was the central takeaway. Yeah. So then after that, uh, it ended. Uh, I immediately was four or five other guys just immediately surrounded me right after that. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, blah blah blah. What are you doing? What are you doing after this?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm not doing anything particular." Okay. And they're like, "Oh, come to lunch with us." I said, "Okay, let's go to lunch." And uh, so they're like, "Oh, are you looking for like a small group or anything like that?" I said, "Actually, I am." And they're like, "Oh, cool. There, there's here's some other guys that'll do a small group." So they all got my number, and it was one of those things that I'm very uh, – I tend to be a people pleaser, and again, being out of water. So I'm like, oh, yeah, here's my number in case we get lost. <laughs> you were prey, dude. <laughs> dude, I was so – yeah, I was so innocent, covered in tattoos and everything. But uh, anyway, so we get to this restaurant, and there's like five people waiting there ahead wait, of us. Wait, five people from the church? Apparently. Okay. Oh, and this is also – as we're leaving, so I – this guy, Matt, was his name. He was like, oh, here, walk with me out of the thing. You can meet my family. And I was like, okay. And he started, he was like, here's my wife, like Mary or whatever. And I'm like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. And I'm like, these are our kids, Methuselah and like oh, right. Hebedebediah and all this stuff. <laughs> so they had normal names and all the kids had these crazy names. Because like, they're the fruit of that relationship. Just some weird stuff. Yeah. To show up at the restaurant, there's people waiting there for us. Like, ahead of time. Okay. And we left straight from church, so they must have been waiting Wow. early. And I took, you know, the most direct route, followed the guy. Yeah. Show up there, dinner was, you know, everything. They started asking all these questions, and I started lying about stuff. Yeah. Um, certain things, and that kind of was like, you know, putting up this protection, like, hey, don't mess with me. Like, here's some stuff yeah. about me. We just met. From my past, you know. So, not like that. It was just like... Oh, why'd you live overseas? You know, like, oh, my dad's a killer. <laughs> like, just why? I was just saying this stuff to, like, keep him away. <laughs> but that would make more questions, though. Yeah, I was just like, my I need to get out of here and make sure they don't killer. mess with me. Yeah. And I, I can't remember. I said something like, oh, yeah, he's some war-torn veteran or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so they're like, oh, you're pretty conservative, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, do you have a gun? And I was like, I never leave home without a gun. And they're like, oh, that, 
right, yeah, 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 okay. Stumbled them there. Yeah, and so I was just, you know, I just like looked them dead in the eye, and they're like, yeah, well, you know, we're going to get going. No and way. Think, and they just like kind of were like, hey, you know, nice to meet you. Here's your number, kind of call. And I think I scared, I don't know what it was, but I just like made it really thin. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so I, I had, un- had no idea. I was just like, this is really weird. My dad had texted me because he saw the picture of the church name, like email, uh, looked it up and texted me back. And he was like, hey, I hope it, uh, let me know what you think of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he didn't even like warn you. He's like, no. let, let me know. <laughs> yeah, he's like, let me know what you think of it. And uh, uh, so As I, you walk into a den of vipers. Yeah. And uh, so then afterwards he was like, oh, yeah, um, it's a cult. <laughs> like I found all these things that this is like a, a cult. So that's my story of how. What was, do, can you share the name? Do you mind sharing the name? It was Northwest Church. Northwest. That's what it was called, Northwest it Church. Northwest yeah, Church. And the mm. website looks legit. Yeah. It looks like any other super hip down with the yeah. millennials church, right. you know? Their tagline's like, Northwest Church, we're your family. Yeah, something crazy. But, yeah. I mean, I think that was... You know, uh, I, I think that's a good example. The only one I have with the cult of how they just attacked and it's, they're spot on. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. They, they've well. So this is the thing. Like what, what, what I was gonna say is like there's a couple. So we were talking about like how they deviate from scripture and all mm-hmm. that. There's also some other really common practices, and it's a lot. A lot of times, it's built around a charismatic leader of some kind. Right. And and th- this is difficult because sometimes that char- you know in Christian church orthodoxy there's charismatic leaders right you know you've got churches with leaders that are you know they they're dynamic they can speak well they can communicate excellent they're funny and um, they're not necessarily a cult leader right, right. Um, because when they preach and teach they stick to orthodoxy in the Bible and so but. Um, so a lot of times these cults will be built around a, a charismatic figure who is really just a masterful uh, wordsmith. And they are a lot of times narcissistic. Mm-hmm. So they have this side of them where they are, and they are adored. And so what happens is they're rarely told no. And even if they are told no, they have a really crazy way of manipulating it so that when you walk away after you challenge it you feel like you were in the wrong yeah and uh and those are all like kind of the the tactics that they begin to use um i remember i was early on as a believer i was told uh, well i had a run-in with a with a jw with a jehovah witness at a gas station he was actually attended it was really late he was asleep on his (laughs) on his bible he was asleep and uh and i got my gas and uh, I went to go pay for it. And this is before they had pay at the pump or anything like that. This is years ago, right? And More than a few years ago. Yeah, it was like 30, 30 <laughs> years ago, probably now. It was a long time ago. I was, I was probably 19 or 20. But uh, anyways, he, I, I had to pay. You can't just drive away. Yeah. I mean, I could have, I guess. I, before I was a Christian, I probably totally would have driven away. I was like, hey, you're lost, brother. <laughs> but uh, I knocked on the glass on the window, right? And he woke up. And I was like, hey, I got to pay. So I gave him my money, and he was getting my change. And I noticed that when he went over to the cash register, he had a Bible. And I, I and I was a new believer. I was excited, man. I was like, hey, you're a Christian. All right, man. And I'm like, what are you reading? And he goes, oh, I'm just reading the reading the Word. I'm like, actually, you were asleep, but that's okay. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, he says, so uh, do you believe in Jehovah? And I, and I had never heard that term. And yeah. I was like, 
uh, and immediately, you know, you were talking about discernment. Yeah. So I, you know, I've been blessed with discernment as well as a spiritual gift at, at some level, not as much as other people, but, uh, my spidey senses were just going, you know, like, and I couldn't figure out why, like, I, I didn't really know it, but something was wrong. And I was like, um, well, I've heard of Jesus. And he goes, yeah, yeah, Jesus. And he goes, Jehovah, the Supreme God and, and all that. And I was like, you mean his father? And he goes, yeah. And then he started, then he started going into like who Jesus was to him, to him. And, um, everything right. about it was just like, it was like nails on a chalkboard to me. As a very, I mean, we're talking. I had only been in in the faith maybe a month or two. Oh wow! So I was really, I was. He confused me. You would have been prime. Oh, I was prime, dude. Prime because I was spiritually hungry. I was naive, um, and I was trusting because he saw, I saw a Bible there. Right. And so, luckily, God, God actually used this in my life. It was really cool. So I went home and I was troubled, 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 and I was like, man, I've been believing the wrong God, and I've been, <laughs> and I literally was my faith was shaken. And uh, and I knelt down next to my bed, and I had my Bible in on my bed, and I was like, Jesus, I've trusted in you. I've given my life to you. I need to know that you are the God, the one true God, and, and that I'm not believing the wrong thing. And I opened my Bible up, and it went into the chap. It went into John, the book of John, and it was Jesus testifies about himself. Is what the title said in the chapter. And I just started reading it, and he is like, I and the Father are one. I, you know, and he yeah. went through the, these testifying, and these are the things that the Pharisees wanted to kill him about. Kill him about. And uh, I read that, and the, it was as if the, because I was so young on my faith, it was as if the Lord was like, I led you to this crazy place, and then I'm going to bring you right to the truth. Mm. And, and he just was so gentle with me. And I just started praising the Lord. I was like, thank you, God. Thank you so much. And I knew, and so then I, I shared that experience with the, with the guy that was discipling me. He was probably about uh, seven, eight years older than me, and, uh, and he had been in the faith, raised in the faith, and he goes, oh, what gas station? I told him, he goes, oh, that guy's a Jehovah Witness. He always tries to talk to me. <laughs> and I was like, what's a Jehovah Witness? And so then he started telling me about it. So that was like my first ever experience with like a cult in that sense. Um, and it was just troubling to me. Yeah. Like, you know, and that's the thing is I think the Holy Spirit in in a believer, and this is a great asset for, for a believer, is that the Holy Spirit will be it will be agitated by this pushing forth of this false truth. Yeah. You know? I wanna say I brought up this really good verse that I think uh, speaking of John, it's not John, but it's first John. Um, <laughs> same where, guy. Yeah, same guy. Uh, talking about that and needing to, uh, you know, your instinct to go back and find out who God is. Yeah. So I think this is also, I guess, with anything new that you encounter or anything even further than cults or, you know, twisted theology or whatever it is. Um, so First John 4, 1 through 3. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. And you, it's, this is how you, you recognize it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, from which, from, uh, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the word. Or in the world. In the, yeah, in the world. In the word. Yeah. Um, 
that's pretty crazy. He's already warning us. Yeah. I mean, and way this, back then. Yeah, first John, man, it was one, you know, John, it was, this is, we're talking 60 years, you know, 60 to 80 years uh, after the resurrection mm-hmm. that was written, you know, and, uh, or even less than that possibly. Uh, and there was already things trying to come in and disrupt the truth and steal the truth and the and the, the the doctrines and the that were being developed right well understood as they were already laid the doctrines are already laid but under being understood coming at them attacking them mm-hmm. and so so like when you think about like uh, like a charismatic figure who's manipulating narcissistic using using parts of scripture out of context the wrong way uh, it's just a it's just an easy prey and and there's a couple characteristics of and we'll get into these next week when we start talking about some of these particular cults but there's a couple characteristics that also follow these individuals these leaders they're usually there's some high level of um, of just uh, like affluence like they always are like the, it's money they have money for some they, they demand money they manipulate people money so they have access to a lot of money mm-hmm. and from their followers uh, the other so there's a greed and prosperity aspect to it and then there's also which they use by, by the way they use a lot of guilt for that like oh you're not you're we're the mission give to the mission whatever you know and then they go out and buy another house for themselves and, right. you know the other one is there's always connected, and I'm, I just it, this astounds me. There's always this weird level of sexual immorality, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's multiple wives, whether it's pedophilia, whether it's um, you know child brides, if you will, you know, which is weird. Yeah, I mean, literally, dude. There's a cult that's local here, and mm-hmm. it's no it, and they they try and say that they're not a cult, but the way that they behave and act is very horrible. I mean, they've destroyed lots of people's lives, lots of families. I mean, if you depart from the authority of the leadership of that church, they, like, say you're a husband and wife, and say your wife is like, I don't want to be in this church. It's just, it's too, you know, whatever. And and she decides to go to another church. They say that they have to be divorced. Right. And they will force that divorce, and they'll manipulate you. And if you don't, they'll literally outcast and take you, take everything away. And they and they'll use scripture to to try and and back that up. Yeah, don't don't be yoked with unbelievers or something. like yeah, that. Or, yeah, or or like, hey, you have to be disciplined by the church, and so you need to go out into the wilderness until your heart turns and you can come back, you know, and and you'll repent and those type of things. And like, you can't be in our presence and um, and all of that. Those things start to happen. But here's the other thing. So this particular cult that isn't where we live here yeah. in Northern Virginia. So it. Uh, the, his wife, the guy's wife died, and he was like in his late mid fifties, maybe. And uh, he went to the church and said, "God has told me." So he's speaking as a prophet now. Oh, God has told me, right? So here, here you're talking go. about the leader of it. Yeah, the leader of the church, yeah. the, the the pastor, if you right. will. And he said, uh, he said, God has told me that um, he's going to give me a virgin for a wife, right? Okay, you're in your fifties, bro. <laughs> this is this is weird. Uh, but he went. And there was a family that offered their daughter to him, and he married her, and he took her as his wife. And she's like 25 years younger than him. So she, uh, I don't want to preface this by saying at least she was of age. 
I think she was like maybe 18, maybe, <laughs> maybe just turned 18. Ugh. So, so, but here's the thing is the parents were complicit. Like right, those yeah. parents are brainwashed. Those, they're just, it's just sad. And now that, that church is being investigated for like money laundering, <laughs> guns. Uh, they had a school and there's, uh, people are coming out of the woodwork saying that they were molested. Oh, I'm sure. So there's, there's so much corruption yeah. hidden, hidden underneath, right? And so you have so you have a charismatic figure that draws people in, great speaker, whatever you know. But then there's a side of it too that it's real heavy authoritarian. Mm-hmm. And so like yeah, every cult is yeah heavily authoritarian. I mean that's the best way to describe it. Yeah, and so you can't question. Mm-hmm. You, if you question, then you're not loyal. If you're not loyal, well, man, you may not even be like saved. Yeah, you I was gonna, I was gonna say that brings up. I have the, uh, this in the in, in my notes, which is. I think it'll get us even further. It'll be sure. awesome. You reminded me of this. So in this book, uh, it's called Combating Cult Mind Control. Wow. I think it was from the 70s or the 80s. Um, I have a copy of this, actually. Oh, cool. The first edition printing. I got into <laughs> cults like a couple of years ago, um, <laughs> and I bought a first edition of this book, and I bought – there's another guy. His name's Ted Patrick. Okay. He's this black dude in the 70s. And he would be, they actually have a, uh, he started this thing called deprogramming. Wow. And uh, as an aside, there's a good de- documentary on Netflix. I think it's called Deprogrammed. And it just chronicles, they interview a bunch of people from cults that Ted Patrick pulled out of. Oh, wow. Like pulled them out. And because I think Ted Patrick's dead. But he has a book that I got in a sign about his book. No too. way. But anyway. That's a really good documentary. You should watch it. But uh, as an as- another aside, deprogramming is really crazy because in the 70s, that's when you had, uh, I guess, it, I think they call it like the fourth great awakening. Yeah. That's when you had all the, this revival. Yeah, the Jesus movement. Jesus movement. And yeah. in that, you had a lot of just so many cults uh, seem to start that, you know, the ones that we would uh, categorically go to immediately when you think of a cult right you know uh sell everything and come and follow me yeah and uh leave your family cut off anybody that doesn't believe yeah, the, this. like the moonies and right uh jim jones and the people's temple yeah all the the family so anyway it's really crazy if you want to read books about ted patrick and i think Stephen hassan is the name of this guy that i'm about to quote um they do these deprogramming things where these families of these, uh, like, oh, her daughter ran off and she's in this cult now. So they'd pay, they'd pay Ted Patrick this yes. awesome. And he would just go there, kidnap stake him out, kidnap him. <laughs> and he would just spend days locked in, like, a motel room and just deprogram her. Wow. Basically sit there. And in the documentary, they have actual footage of – the deep when he would sit there yeah and he would just say okay you know he he knew what uh what they believed right right, right. so he'd say this and he'd just say that's that's not real this is what's actually true and he would just keep saying it and just break down basically deprogram all the lies would be combated yeah yeah he got it he got sued oh of course um by like families that they're like, oh, I don't want him to do it anymore. And a bunch of the, it, it's really interesting. A bunch of the people 
actually let like they ran away and went back to the cult even if they were being abused yeah i know like crazy so, control so here's the other thing like so I, i've i've had a handful of people that came out of a cult and i've had to minister to them they're so broken they're so um they're so hurt and wounded and this is the problem is that you give you give your complete trust to this lie right and then the lie you, you can't believe that it's a lie because you can't you have to believe yourself right like i know i believe this because if you believe it, it, you, you understand what i'm saying it's like mm-hmm. i can't break from that because i've given everything i am to it and so if if i admit that that's wrong what does that say about me your whole life is, i mean right and so means everything this is the most tragic thing about it though when you they are the type of people that they've been broken by such a lie that they most they they are most reluctant to actually embrace the truth. Right. So now you bring the truth in of the gospel of Jesus Christ and how he saves and he can actually heal you and save you from this and redeem your mind and all of those things. Uh, they're reluctant because they've been hurt by what they thought was the truth. Mm-hmm. So now they're super guarded, super gun shy, super, you know, broken. And they don't know what's going on. They don't know. Yeah, they don't know. And so they just live in this existence. And they and I, hanging over their head all the time is, is, did I make a mistake leaving? Right. That's why some of them go back. Yeah. Because manipulation is a really powerful force. Yeah. It's evil. And so, I mean, we should, it's part of the thing, you know, I kind of said at the beginning, like, I don't want to say gullible people fall for this stuff. It's just broken people. So, I mean, like, when you talk about, when you realize people that are in these things yeah my heart breaks right like it's it's very sad i had a father that he was he left the cult and his kids his adult kids he was older they would they wouldn't leave he hadn't spoken to his adult son and seen his grandkids that were born Hmm. uh in like three or four years and he just wept he just wept i want to see my son i mean you're losing to this evil man that puts look if you're so strong like i wanted like i personally wanted to go down and like i I got some other pastors i was like we need to confront this dude (laughs) we need to confront him and we need to we need to like discipline this dude like in the truth like if he's saying he's in if he's saying he's in the faith he's he's got a really bad church we need to go down and help him like we need to help those people we need to like and nobody wanted to (laughs) maybe i should have done it you know but then i'd probably ended up getting sued myself but Right. Yeah. But yeah. So you know, I've seen it firsthand. It is ter. It's terrible. It's sad, and uh, and it's powerful. Yeah. It's a very you know. Yeah, I was gonna say as uh, as another aside before getting back into it. There's a really good movie about. It's a fictional movie. It's called Faults, F A U L T S. Okay. Um, about it's a fictional movie about a, a cult to programmer, and he's. Uh, it's kind of like a horror suspense movie. Oh, cool. It's really good. I think it's on Netflix. Uh, I think I watched it on there. But if you want, like, a cool movie that's fictionalized, that is, it's really good. Yeah. Go look that up. That'd be cool. Um, but anyway, so back to what I was going to go <laughs> originally before all this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in the this book, he uh, Steve Hassan puts forward his BITE model, which is an acronym that describes four key characteristics that cults employ. Uh, one of them is behavior control, so an individual's associations, living arrangements, food, clothing, sleeping habits, finances are strictly controlled. 
information control, cult leaders deliberately withhold or distort information, lie, propagandize, and limit access to other sources of information, thought control, cult leaders use loaded words and language, discourage critical thinking, bar any speech critical of cult leaders or policies, <laughs> and teach an us-first-them doctrine, emotional control, leaders manipulate their followers via fear, including the fear of losing salvation, fear of shunning, etc., guilt and indoctrination and so the reason i brought this up is because uh one of the common things i've totally heard it before many times that christianity is a cult yeah and so i found this really cool thing so maybe we can talk about this is uh you know because we started off presuppositionally saying that christianity you know we're coming from a basis of christianity that's right so just want to put this in there so we can <laughs> rid ourselves of any, uh, I don't have any shame about it. You know, it's the truth, so whatever. Yeah. But so like going wrong off, motive or whatever you want to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. So going off of that kind of stuff, here's what the gospel does. <laughs> so instead of behavior control, the gospel, I'll set it up like this. Behavior control, the gospel seeks to focus on the heart rather than the behavior. Mm-hmm. Christ removes a burden of the law and the cycle of guilt and shame that comes with it. We're accepted and loved by Jesus through a living, grace-filled relationship, not through obeying rules. Yeah. Information control. Cultivate and the, the gospel cultivates honesty and knowledge. The, bull, the Bible is full of exhortations to gain knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, both natural and God-inspired. No subject is taboo and no book prohibited from reading. While not all subjects of learning may be beneficial, nothing is off limits. Thought control. The gospel encourages open discussion and free thought. Christians must have their own personal revelation of Jesus as the truth through their relationship with him, rather than believing in a set of prescribed doctrines. While good doctrine is vital, the gospel is powerful because it's realized through open discussion and personal revelation rather than propaganda. So, Dude, that's awesome. And emotional control, the gospel, seeks to emotionally emancipate people. Jesus removes the tyranny of mm. guilt, fear, guilt, and condemnation through God's grace and, motis- and motivates through relationship with God and people based on unconditional love, encouragement, and joy. Yeah. Dude, that's amazing. And, and I would add to that, too, if I can. I'm, yeah. I'm the great adder, right? <laughs> add to. Maybe that's a sign of a cult leader. Now, uh, I would say that too, that the gospel and Christian faith in general is the most opposed and the most questioned and the most picked apart of all of these things for yeah. for millennia. And it's always been found out to be true. So we welcome, like, you know, like some, some of these cults, they don't want you to start unpacking what they believe because it, it falls apart and they know that. Or they keep as you begin to expose things, they change what they believe. Right. Right. And so if it's an ever changing doctrine or if it's uh, something that doesn't want to be or isn't permitted to be pulled apart and looked at mm-hmm. and really examined, you might be in a cult. Yeah. You know, that's something that you might need to, uh, you know, start really questioning. Yeah. And I was going to say there's interesting aspects of what um, I touched on one of the things that uh, it says, like the esoteric or the real meaning behind it. And I immediately thought of, just because it's the easiest, um, there's a lot of, I don't cults, churches, you know, whatever, that on the outside seem 
very so for example maybe this i don't know anything about the cult other nearby us other than yeah. it's a cult yeah um but actually that's a terrible example i'll not use it i'll just say <laughs> whatever right um in a lot of these there is and some of them with financial things to get more access to different things so on a very base level someone may not know that they're in a cult because they haven't reached certain levels of attainment or getting to the actual doctrines. Things are held different. Yeah. And that's Spir- what, again, spiritual one the, maturity. One of the things about Christian, you know, yeah. it's just there's nothing hidden. Right. Everything is there. Yeah. And everything that you need is right there. There's not, you can't, like, you as a pastor, um, <laughs> I don't want to say this in a way because uh, you don't have access to information that I don't know. Exactly. I'm, I right, mean, you no. know stuff that I don't, but it's not because it's hidden from me. Right, and I actually would love it for. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to know more, right? And I, I want anyone else that's around me to know more, right? We're just better for that. Everyone's better for it. Yeah, especially debate. Like, yeah, we've been having this kind of ongoing thing that we won't talk about, <laughs> and it's just interesting to bring. Like, oh, hey, did you think about this, or did you think about that? Oh, that's interesting. Or what about this? What about that? Yeah. Even from people just oh, constantly breaking it down. Yeah. Yeah, and, no. I'm t- yeah, 100%. And, I th- and the thing is, is that we Christianity, you talk about freedom. Mm-hmm. It, it literally is the only religion that is like, hey, come and test it. Come and, and, and here's the other thing is that, you know, we talk about charismatic leaders. We talk about over authoritarian. We talk about control, all these things. But then the other side of it is that they're easy to get into. Cults are easy to get into mm-hmm. and hard to get out of. Right. So that's a sign, too, is that if it's easy to get into, but, man, if you leave, it, you're going to have to pay. Like, it's a big deal. Or you get killed. Get killed, right? <laughs> like from Scientology, they hunt you down, right? Or Islam. Or Islam. Yeah, yeah, Islam. Yeah, you could get killed. Yeah, that's true. So those are the signs. Like, Christianity, like, we don't force anyone in. Or if you leave, like, if you were to leave our faith, leave the faith of Christianity, we're, we're going to be saddened and all. But this is a personal decision that you make. Right. You know, you know, you, you, no one twists anyone arm, hopefully, to become a, we plead, we, we share with urgency. Yeah. I was going to say there's, I have friends, uh, a lot of friends that are not Christians. And I, (laughs) aside from like a, something from God or someone other than myself, because obviously I, I, in these particular instances, I, I don't see them ever becoming Christian. I'll talk about it, and it's just like, ah, it's not for me, whatever, you know, blah, right, blah, blah. Right, Like, I don't, as a Christian, like, I don't, there's not, like, extreme evangelism, you know? I'm not, like, dragging them or saying, like, oh, then you can't be, a, you know, I'm right. not going to be friends with you and all this crazy stuff. Like, it's it's totally, I well, you hope know, that they do. Yeah. But, well, you and I understand, too, this, that, that God has to do that work. Right. Like, God has to open their heart. God has to be the one that is going to like cause them to um to receive and to see and to know you know it's got to be a work of the holy spirit and uh until he you know when and this is what's so cool is that when he starts to do that and and it's and he and listen it is his will he wants all to come to repentance and all to know him we know that it's god's will and now we're talking about like the process of christian evangelism but we're kind right. of we are talking about for a second <laughs> but uh but when he does start to do that, you get to cooperate with that, and you get to share your faith true. And maybe even just by living your life that you are now and dropping those seeds of truth in when you can, 
that might be all that God is ask is wanting you to do mm-hmm. for them right now, because people are in process. Yeah, and God's good at doing the heavy lifting on some stuff. He's the only one. Yeah, <laughs> right? he's there the only you one. Yeah, because, you know, like uh, here's how awesome God is: is that if He really wants them saved, He knows exactly what it's going to take to get them to that place where they'll receive Him. Right. Where they'll where whatever has to happen, whether it's a marriage failure or whether it's some health thing or whether it's something in their life that's going to turn them to Him. Right. Yeah, he knows exactly what it'll take. You know? And so maybe kind of a good takeaway that just came to my head is, um, as with, I think, most things are uh, that we've said on the podcast as our view, and you can totally tell me this doesn't apply to your thinking if it doesn't. But what I get out of that is don't be afraid to talk to your Mormon neighbors or your... Jehovah, the Jehovah's Witness that came, actually, it's a really funny story. Uh, I was in Florida, when I was living in Florida, I had a roommate, and these Jehovah's Witnesses came over. He's not a Christian. And one of them was really hot, this chick. Oh. <laughs> so he asked her to come back. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Because <laughs> so, he wanted to give her, get her number, and he's like, oh, but my roommate's a Christian. He'll want to talk to you. And came back, uh-huh. and uh, he just flirted with her for an hour, and then I got, in, I pulled out the Bible, and I was like <laughs> sitting there debating this other one, and I was like, "That's not right. That's not what it says. That's not what it says." And uh, then they left, and they were really angry. And my buddy was like, "Dude, like, <laughs> <laughs> you ruined, you me. ruined it, yeah. man. <laughs> you took his chances." Yeah. Oh man. Sorry, dude. No, yeah. It, it, I, no, that's to my buddy. Sorry, man. I know you're not listening, but if you did, <laughs> sorry, man. <laughs> It was for your own it was good. For your own good. Yeah, you didn't need him to go down that place. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be but like yeah. So don't be scared of encountering them, and you don't know, like you said, just living your life or being a good person or being there for somebody. Yeah. When, you know, uh, I, I would say there's a couple rules of thumb. Yeah. I have two thumbs, so I'll hold them both <laughs> up right now. If you're listening, I'm holding my thumbs up. But uh, there's two rule of thumb that I go by. One is that lo- there is no law against love. You got to love people. Mm-hmm. And love is one of those things where it, you just have to be there. And you, like, you don't have to worry about judging them. God's going to do that. <laughs> so what you want to do is you got to love them. And, and God will show you how the best way to love people, right? Uh, you just, but the other side of it is you really need to know the truth. Because the conversation is going to come up, and the differences need to be known. Yeah. And you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you don't know what you truly believe, and then they start questioning, making you question what you believe. You know, you see, I would say really understand the doctrines of God, the orthodoxy that we've been talking about. What are the, What is it about Jesus that makes him supreme God and, and his mission and all of that? And, and how does that differ from what they believe of Jesus? Because Jesus is the crux of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. He is the door to heaven. So if you don't believe in that door, then you're not going into that heaven. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He said it. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And so it's very important that who Jesus is is hashed out. It's you have to have you have to be solid about it. Yeah, and if you don't have it in your own life, then you start engaging these people, you're going to you're going to find yourself in a world of hurt. Yeah, I mean just uh, thinking off of like what you had said, um so if there's any like baby Christians out there, I mean, who would have known if you hadn't of uh, prayed to to God? I, I mean, what if you went back and you're like, oh, I didn't know about that. Tell me more. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he brings you to church and you could be Jehovah's Witness. King, I mean, Kingdom Hall, man. I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I think I was born. Here's the crazy thing: is I was born again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a new creation, and so the spirit of God in me was directing me to truth. He says, "The spirit of truth leads you in all truth." Right? Yeah. yeah. So, so it was God. It, 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 God used that situation in so many different ways. Number one, I, I understood like discernment for the first time. Something's not right. And and the other one is that God answered a prayer very quickly, which he rarely does. Like, you know, like he answered my prayer quickly to show him that he is my God. He is God. And that I had been, I had found the true faith, right? You know, through, through his word, which is really important. Mm -hmm. His word is unchanging. This is why the Bible, man, the Bible is going to help anybody in these things. The real Bible, not the added, we added these books in these chapters in or, you know, but the, orthodoxy of the canon of scripture that we have i want to bring up a point really quickly about that yeah that i didn't know before i started reading some stuff i didn't know that uh is i think it's a new world translation oh yeah the nw it's the nwt which is jehovah's witness yeah the new world translation which is just another thing to be careful of is that in the bible like if, if you had never known that and someone gave you a bible yeah a Jehovah's Witness gave you that Bible. There's that has been rewritten right. with so many of these subtleties that to to fit their doctrine to fit their doctrine. Yeah. So that's again when it, they change it, it's not you know like what I read earlier. It's not based on the Greek or it's these little changes, and it's just very subtle. The little examples I read, but they mean so much. Right, like just changing. The, well, the for John one. This is the most popular one, and if our listeners are familiar, they'll know. In *Virgin Hope Witness*, it's like the word was fle- the word was God, the word was with God, and um, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, right? John one one, and and, mm-hmm. and they change it to the word was with God, the word was a God, right? And so now, because it's a God, now they can back that belief of what they have that is misconstrued about who Jesus is, mm-hmm. and that he is a God, not the God. Right. right, and so goes back to who is Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And when you know the Greek language, there's no way in the Greek <laughs> language because it doesn't work in the construction of the sentence right. in the Greek language that an a would be put in there, because they they don't even have a literary uh, way of writing that in the Greek language. So the construction of the sentence in the original language that we get from the source texts don't have it. Why you put it in there? Right? right, and it doesn't make it clearer; it makes it more confusing. Mm-hmm. Right, and so that's the other side of it too. But that's a subtle thing. It's a simple one-letter word, a. That's it. Mm-hmm. The word was a god, and then that gives them all kinds of yeah, just free reign to. And if they open the Bible and show you, look at what it says, and a it, god, and, and it's, it's like a, a translation. Oh, you never. Right. There's so many translations. How right. do I? How do I? Oh, yeah. you just have this one. Okay. Right. Yeah, and and you might even not even. You looking at it? Oh, it's got a brown leather cover, and the the length. There's red letters, and it looks just like my fancy mom's paper, Bible. Paper. Yeah, fancy the paper. rice paper and all that. You know, <laughs> it has all the, the fancy paper, um, but yeah, it has all that stuff, and you would just be duped. Mm-hmm. And so they prey off of ignorance. So the best thing that we can do is is you know, educate ourselves on the truth, the doctrines, and not only that, but like uh, you know, I we always this is the same thing for heresies too. Yeah. Right. Um. The, you know, they, we talked to people of, it's an old thing, but maybe if, if you're listening, you've never heard this, but the best way to find a counterfeit, you know, money is they don't study the counterfeit stuff. They study the original so that when they see the counterfeit, it doesn't match what they've studied. 
as the original. So study the original text, understand the original doctrines, understand those things, and then when somebody comes to you with a counterfeit, it's going to stand out. Right. You know, that's the basic principle of that whole idea. So to the people that work at the, uh, what is the, the money, you know. The treasury? Treasury, yeah. yeah. So these officers that work at the treasury, they study the actual $100 bill. Yeah. So they know all of it. You yeah. want to know an interesting fact? Sure. Guess where the, the Secret Service that protects the president and all yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. They're part of, they're, uh, they fall under the, the Department tre- of Treasury. Really? Yeah. I did not know so that. So they do a lot more stuff with... Uh, so it's just one of those things where you're like, ah, that, the treasury, that's so boring. Right, They yeah. do crazy stuff. Like, not just the Secret Service, but other, I mean, you got to think about the worldwide crazy operations, undercover stuff that they're doing, you yeah. know, to find counterfeiters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all kind of, like, the, there's a it's whole bunch now, about the, like with technology. the China. Well, they came out with these, cr- a couple, maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago? I'm just throwing that out. Yeah. A while ago. They found these, like, really 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 good chinese uh fakes counterfeits counterfeits of, of they're like this they're calling them like the chinese super dollar or something like that okay and they looked so good like i can't remember it was something crazy like i don't know i'm just gonna throw it out there and you google it if you're interested in any of that stuff yeah but it's like five percent of all the dollars all the bills in circulation in the world of the u.s dollar was this kind wow. of counterfeit. It was something that's insane. Crazy. It's probably even more than that. Yeah, but yeah. So the Treasury Department is uh, they do some crazy. I just imagine that they're doing crazy stuff. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. yeah that's cool. <laughs> so so that's how we yeah. you, you find the counterfeit by studying the real thing. Right. But if they make the real thing so exactly like the real thing, then you don't have a counterfeit. So yeah. yeah but anyways, yeah. So anyways, that's it tangent but yeah so man dude this is awesome i'm excited about it uh as we move into our next podcast we're gonna start breaking down some of these cults and yeah and they probably won't be as serious (laughs) yeah yeah so uh yeah dude yeah so this has been awesome hey listen uh i just wanted to say as we're as we're wrapping this up real too real too that that made sense real real quick i just wanted to thank all of our listeners uh, oh, yeah. we don't do that enough and those of you that are listening to us just thank you for giving us an hour of your time and and help, you know giving us an opportunity you know weekly to just um, spend time with you uh, and we just appreciate everyone so much and we do genuinely um, our egos genuinely are are stroked when you listen to our <laughs> podcast I still every time we I, I am blown away and by no exaggeration like I can't believe that anyone listens to this at all. <laughs> I'm amazed that anybody listens at all, and it's super humbling. Yeah, it is humbling, and because uh, uh, and and I just wanted to say this too. If I can just leave you with a charge as you're listening, to this, can you just share us, share us with your friends, and share us with people that you think might think this is interesting? Because um, we we you know believe it or not we do want people to hear this. That's why we're putting it out there. So and, uh, it, it's going to happen when when other people share us. And so do us a favor, like us on, um, you know, go g- give us a good review on iTunes and, you know, subscribe and share us with others. That always helps us um, because we are on a shoestring budget and uh, we can't afford to promote this thing with uh, <laughs> high dollar ad campaigns. And we just want to do it by word of mouth, just grinding it anyways. Yeah, so. virally is the best way. Yeah. Um, and, and we're uh, going to have a crazy good big year this year. You think so? Yeah. I'm no, hopeful. no, no. I mean, like, I'm telling the listeners, 
Yes. You've got some really crazy cool stuff coming up. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't do. projecting. Yeah, no. So, <laughs> you were prophesying. Prophesying. Us. No, uh, but we do have some cool stuff coming yeah. up for this year. We got some really cool podcasts. If they if they happen the way that we're hoping, it's gonna be fun and it's gonna be interesting. And um and so but anyways, I just want to thank our listeners and as you Yeah, you, man. You, yeah, thank it's you. it's awesome. So hey, have a great week <laughs> and we'll catch you next time on Owl Out War. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us or you can find us on Twitter at alloutwarcast. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.